kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Good Wednesday morning. The world is set to witness the most emotional tribute to Queen Elizabeth yet. The royal family in procession through the streets of London this morning. It's September 14th. This is today. Last great journey. Tens of thousands greeting the Queen as her coffin arrives at Buckingham Palace. Her family spending one final evening in private mourning with Her Majesty before this morning's procession to Westminster Hall where she will lie in state. And we are there live. Going up, a key report on inflation confirming what most Americans know, prices on just about everything still rising. Food, rent, prescriptions, and stocks plummet on the news. The market's worst day in more than two years. Just ahead, the impact on your bottom line. Turning point, Ukraine vowing to press on with its fast-moving offensive. Russian forces on the run and hundreds of thousands liberated. A live report from the region straight ahead. Breaking overnight, a college in Boston evacuated after a package explodes, injuring the employee who opened it. The FBI now investigating, and we'll have the latest. All that, plus the passing of Kenneth Starr, a key figure in the Clinton-Lewinsky affair. A closer look at his controversial legacy. Today, Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to you today. It's Wednesday morning. Glad to have you with us smack dab in the middle of the week and the middle of the month. Yeah, it is really good to see you. And in just a moment, guys, we're going to get to that fallout over that sort of unexpected, worse than expected inflation report. It sent stocks into a free fall yesterday. And coming up, we're going to let you know what it means for your family's budget and also maybe some tips that will help you make the most of your spending this fall. Yeah, that's the big economic mm -hmm. story here. But we're going to begin this morning with the Queen's final return to Buckingham Palace overnight. The streets were filled with well-wishers paying their respects and we'll give you a live look in London at this hour as people are thronging around these landmarks of London to get a glimpse of the Queen one final time and later this morning we're gonna watch that procession from the palace to Westminster Hall get underway King Charles and his sons William and Harry set to walk behind the coffin as that massive crowd looks on we've got complete coverage we'll start with today's senior international correspondent Keir Simmons in London Keir good morning to you Savannah, good morning. We are right outside Westminster Hall, where later today the Queen's body will lie in state. To my left is where that long line of folks who just want a few more seconds to pay their respects will wind their way into that great hall. And in just a few hours' time, the Queen's children and some of her grandchildren will walk with her. Her coffin carried on a gun carriage, as just behind me there, the bells of Big Ben toll. This morning, King Charles preparing for a royal procession through London's world-famous streets. Thousands waiting to witness the Queen leave Buckingham Palace for the last time. A sombre ritual for a late monarch not seen since the last century. Last night, her coffin, despite the rain, greeted by cheering crowds outside the palace. Her family there to meet her, 
including the king, his siblings and his children, William and Harry, with their wives. This is history in the making, you know, and it's so emotional, it's so moving. At exactly 2.22 this afternoon local time, the cortege will make its way from Buckingham Palace through central London, along the Mall, Horse Guards, Parliament Square and to Westminster Hall, with King Charles following the coffin on foot, flanked by other members of the royal family, including Princes William and Harry. The Queen Consort Camilla, Kate and Meghan will all travel by car. William and Harry walking with their father behind the Queen's casket, just as they did for their mother, Princess Diana, 25 years ago. The new king, cheered by crowds in Northern Ireland. One schoolboy's reaction to meeting him, priceless. But in this region once notorious for its troubles, where Queen Elizabeth helped usher in an era of peace, a sign the new king's character will be scrutinized like never before. During a signing ceremony, Charles frustrated by a leaking pen. Starting this afternoon at London's 900-year-old Westminster Hall, the Queen will lie in state for four days before her funeral. Mourners told to expect a 24-hour wait in a line five miles long. But for many, that will be a privilege, a last chance to pay respects to their Queen. And this is almost the same route that uh, Harry and William and their father Charles took uh, for that funeral of Princess Diana, now uh, walking behind the Queen, who, of course, consoled those two boys after the death of their mother. And, you know, guys, you have to imagine that Diana and the Queen, wherever their spirits are, are smiling right now at the idea of those boys together for this important moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Keir. Thank you very much. Also standing by for us in London is NBC News Royal commentator Daisy McAndrew. Daisy, boy, to watch those crowds, those throngs of people in the rain waiting to just catch a glimpse of the Queen. What was that moment like? The, the sentiment, the emotion has been quite extraordinary. And you know, guys, what we Brits are like. We tend to favour a bit of a stiff upper lip. But the last week, the last few days has been extraordinary. Talking to people in the crowds, they're just behind me here at Buckingham Palace. And there has been a really genuine outpouring of affection and sadness and grief. Of course, nobody logically was surprised that the Queen, age 96, had come to the end of her life. But there was shock, and I think that was the unexpected expected bit there is a real sense of discombobulation of people not quite sure what happens next what we're meant to be feeling and I think that's why you've seen these crowds grow and grow as people think well if I'm not sure what to do I'm going to go and join everybody else and Daisy of course as always but perhaps even greater this particular week there's this emphasis and this examination of the dynamic amongst the royals we'll see William and Harry walking behind the funeral cortege along with of course King Charles and then we have the siblings the two mm -hmm. children of the Queen how is that all playing out and being received over there in London 
Well, certainly that, that famous walkabout that happened over the weekend did go down very, very well with the public because, of course, everybody wants the attention to be focused on the Queen and on her memory and respecting her. So the fact that the boys were, seemed to be able to, to put their differences to one side, to put on a unified front uh, and to show their respects, not just to the Queen, but also to the British public, I think that that really was very much appreciated. Now, of course, we don't know how long this truce will last, whether they've genuinely kissed and made up, but it is a start. And people are delighted. As Keir was saying, the memory of them walking behind uh, their mother's funeral cortege is still a very vivid one and will be. Today we will see a reminder of that, but also we'll see a reminder of much more recent funeral procession, their grandfather, Prince Philip's, where they did walk behind his coffin. So yeah, th there's, there's optimism and I think there's gratitude that they're putting their best foot forward. Absolutely, Daisy. Well, we're going to be witnessing some remarkable history this morning together. Lester Holt and I will lead that special coverage. It'll start at 9.15 Eastern this morning right here on NBC. Another major story this morning, troubling new signs for the U.S. economy. Yeah, a key measure of inflation was not what investors or the average American <laughs> certainly wanted to see. The Consumer Price Index predicted, predicted to fall in August actually rose, an increase of 8.3% if you look from a year ago. Yeah, that sent uh, stocks into a tailspin. The Dow dropped nearly 1,300 points. It's worst day in more than two years. So what does all of this mean for your bottom line? Well, here to break it all down mm -hmm. is Melissa Lee, host of Fast Money on CNBC. Melissa, good morning. Mm -hmm. People were really disappointed, investors, of course, but also people on Main Street mm -hmm. as well, because it was hoped that what the Federal Reserve has been doing in raising interest rates would have an effect sooner. So was this pretty unexpected? Well, there were a lot of things that were, in fact, going right. Gas prices came down tremendously, down 26% from its peak. It was $5 a gallon in June. We're paying $3.70 on average, according to AAA right now. So that came down. Supply chain issues, they started to work themselves out. And a lot of retailers had a lot of inventory. They marked a lot of things down. So all those things were seen as driving prices lower. And so that's why there was such a hope that we had seen the worst of it when it came to inflation. But there were other pockets of inflation that actually went higher. Oh. Food prices went up eight-tenths of a percent. Uh, you know, housing went up seven-tenths of a percent. Housing is one-third of CPI. And how Housing is sticky. Think about it. You sign a lease, it's usually for a year. Yeah. It's going to take some time for that price to come down. The Fed seems to keep raising interest rates like that was supposed to be the solution, the answer. So is do we know if it's working or do we still have to wait, give it time to see if it, it'll kick in? We have to wait and give it time. It takes six months or so for any interest rate hikes to work themselves into the economy. We've already seen two back-to-back -back 75 basis point interest rate hikes in the past two meetings. There's another meeting next week. Now it is believed because the inflation number came in much hotter that it'll be 75 basis points again. Three back-to-back-to-back. Wow. -to -back -to -back. That's unprecedented. It's so interesting though if you have to wait six months to yeah. see if it works. Here the Fed is in this position of well maybe we'll do another rate hike without knowing if the mm -hmm. first couple of rate hikes have made an impact. It's like it's like a, a two-lane highway. The Fed is going really fast mm -hmm. down one lane, hiking interest rates, and we've got the, the data coming in, and it's sort of a backward indicator. It's, it's what we're seeing in the month of August. And so the question is, do they pass each other, and does the Fed go too far? And so a lot of investors are concerned at this point in time, which is why we saw the stock market gyrate like we did yesterday, yeah. that... We might have gone too far. Any light at the end of the tunnel quickly? 
It will get better eventually. eventually. It will get better okay. eventually. Apparently it's All a right. long tunnel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Melissa Thanks, Lee, Melissa. thank you so much. And still ahead with prices so st stubbornly high, we're going to bring you some creative solutions, help you save money while filling your family's pantry. But right now we're going to turn to the war in Ukraine. Overnight, it's military applying new pressure to retreating Russian forces, pushing on with its lightning counteroffensive to liberate occupied cities. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald's right there on the ground for us in Kyiv. Megan, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. I want to show you these newly released images of President Zelensky on the ground right now in the newly liberated territory of Izium. Now, this is just outside of Kharkiv, but this morning, along with the celebration, is the reality of what went on inside those Russian-occupied territories. As we know now that there are dozens of war crime investigations underway. This morning, the Russian military, eager to prove they're still in the fight, releasing this video showing an all-out attack. But the battlefield appears to be telling a much different story, a graveyard of abandoned and destroyed Russian military equipment. The Ukrainian counteroffensive pushing forward with no signs of slowing. Leaders are saying they've liberated 150,000 people across more than 2,300 square miles. Ukraine's military running Russian forces out of previously held Ukrainian territories. Uh, Russians uh, have come home in body bags, have come home uh, missing limbs as stories uh, of the abject uh, brutality of this war uh, return to Russia. You're not worried that the Russians will reclaim the territory that Ukraine just recaptured? They are demoralized and they have no specific plan how to do so. So we've proven that our planning is way much better. The weapons that are being on the ground are working fine. We just need more to proceed and to speed up the liberalization process. A process that's showing signs it's working. They were running like mice, this Ukrainian soldier said. They were running and abandoning everything, vehicles, their own men. People in liberated towns desperate for aid, but relieved to be free. They're also angry, civilians and soldiers tearing up the Russian flag and tearing down Russian propaganda. But as villages are taken back, evidence of horrific war crimes are surfacing again, this time in Kharkiv. They took people. It was horror here, this woman said. Investigators recovering bodies, people shot in the head, and evidence of torture. And this morning, British intelligence suggests that the drones Russia brought, bought from Iran are being used here in Ukraine. Meanwhile, President Putin is preparing to meet with China's President Xi in Uzbekistan tomorrow. Hoda. All right, Megan Fitzgerald for us there in Kyiv. Megan, thank you. 14 minutes after the hour, and Craig joins us now with the other headlines we're following. Mm -hmm. Hi. Savannah, Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. One person was hurt last night after a package explosion on the campus of Northeastern University in Boston. School officials say that package was delivered to a building on campus and detonated when a staff member opened it. A 45-year-old man suffered some minor hand injuries. He was taken to the hospital, and the FBI is now investigating. To California now, where a 4.4 magnitude earthquake rattled some nerves near Santa Rosa last night. Oh, initial quake was followed by a strong aftershock just one minute later. Thankfully, no injuries, no major damage reported, but the fire department says it did receive some reports of gas leaks and people stuck in elevators. Mm -hmm. All right.
right. Well, it is 15 minutes past the hour. Mr. Roker, Good take to a see look everybody. at the weather. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good. And hopefully all of you are doing well as well. Let's show you what we've got, got going on. The Sunshine State, not so much today down in Florida. They've got heavy showers and thunderstorms firing up, and they're just going to get heavier as the day wears on. We're going to be looking at heavy rain stretching from Daytona Beach all the way down to Miami. Two to three inches of rain possible in a few hours could be some localized urban flooding. Now we're going to move out west where we've got flash flood watches right now for parts of Nevada on into Utah and down into Arizona. Some of this rain, the remnant still of that tropical system from last week, Ray, it's bringing in some heavier rain. And so we are going to be looking at the risk of some flash flood watches. We've also got uh, marginal risks to a slight risk of flooding possible in the canyons, the dry wash areas and those low-lying areas. So we're going to be watching that from Las Vegas, Salt Lake to Grand Junction. Some rainfall amounts anywhere from one to three inches could be a little bit heavier. And as we look out further west to the, the mosquito fire, you can see how that smoke is making its way into Nevada. 5,000 acres involved. It's only 25% contained. Breezy southwesterly winds this afternoon, so we're going to continue to watch this as well. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, uh, thanks. Coming up, the spotlight on the Queen's only daughter this week as Princess Anne lives up to a reputation of hard work and devotion. And then we're going to look back at the controversial legacy of Kenneth Starr, the prosecutor in the Clinton-Lewinsky affair, who passed away yesterday. But first, this is Today on NBC. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's match engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back. It is 7.30. It's a very special day of tributes to the Queen. A ceremonial procession transferring her coffin from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall. And there she will lie in state. 
Uh, the funeral, of course, scheduled for Monday. A lot of people in London lining the streets to get one glimpse of the Queen. We're going to have a lot more on that throughout the morning. You and Lester will start our special coverage off a little after nine. Yeah, we'll carry those moments live. Mm -hmm. Let's get your headlines 7.30 on a Wednesday morning in the Justice Department is blasting efforts by Donald Trump's lawyers to delay the investigation of classified documents seized at Mar-a-Lago, the former president's country club. A new court filing notes that any unauthorized disclosure of the documents could do, quote, grave damage to national security. And the Justice Department adds that delays in the investigation could do irreparable harm to the government and to the public. In the meantime, my pillow chief executive Mike Lindell said yesterday that federal agents approached him in the drive-thru of a Minnesota fast food restaurant. He claims the FBI agent seized his phone and questioned him as part of an investigation into a Colorado election security breach. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham sent shockwaves through both parties yesterday after introducing a nationwide abortion ban. But Graham's own Republican Party leaders did not embrace that bill, which would prohibit the procedure after 15 weeks of pregnancy with limited exceptions. Several Republican lawmakers said the bill was a distraction that divides the GOP. Uh, meanwhile, as the world pauses to remember the Queen this week, there's been a lot of talk about the new king and his immediate family. But another member of the royal family is also in the spotlight. Yeah, Princess Anne, the Queen's only daughter, has been quietly carrying out her royal duties for years. And this week, she broke ground as the first woman to stand vigil over a monarch's coffin. NBC's Kelly Cobia joins us with more. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Guys, good morning. Princess Anne is 16th in line to the throne and not someone who keeps a high profile. But in the past few days, she really has been the face of a royal family in mourning. And we now know that she was with the queen on the last day of her life. From Balmoral to Edinburgh to London, Princess Anne has been at her mother's side, the devoted daughter keeping watch as the world pays their respects. I was fortunate to share the last 24 hours of my dearest mother's life, Princess Anne said in an emotional statement adding it's been an honor and a privilege to accompany her on her final journeys, calling the public's tributes humbling and uplifting. Anne, the Queen's only daughter, once admitted she wasn't everyone's idea of a fairy tale princess, a talented equestrian competing in the Olympics, training on her mother's horse. The Queen taught the Princess Royal how to handle life in the public eye. The princess taught the Queen how to do video calls. Good morning. I'm very glad to have been able to join you. Can you see everybody? Princess Anne admired her mother's ability to stay true to herself. I think that's a remarkable um, skill to know what the true values are and to stick with those, not worry too much about the things, the fashions, the things that come and go. The Princess Royal, independent and blunt, as depicted in the Netflix series The Crown. I rather wish you would be like that with me. It would suggest I have significance. But Anne was never interested in the limelight. And like her mother, she's dedicated her life to service with a reputation as the hardest working royal. She carried out 387 official engagements last year, two more than her older brother, King Charles, and is involved with 300 charities, performing thousands of duties on behalf of the crown. And now her final duty to her mother and queen. The long six-hour journey with the Queen's coffin along the winding roads from the Scottish Highlands south to Edinburgh, the country's capital. Standing vigil at her mother's coffin in St. Giles Cathedral, the only woman to ever take part in the ceremony called the Vigil of the Princes. 
stoic and steadfast like her mother, her grief only showing once. An emotional curtsy for her queen. That curtsy is such a moving moment. And this higher profile role we've seen over the past few days could be a sign of things to come. A princess royal who is a close confidant of the king, King Charles. We know that the brother and sister are very close. And we also know that Princess Anne isn't afraid to speak her mind. Guys. All right. And Kelly Cobiea for us there in Edinburgh, Scotland. Learned more about Princess Anne. Didn't know much the about trait her. that runs in the family. Yes. I thought it was so touching when she said it's been my honor to be at her mother's side in her uh -huh. final hours. As you just yeah. imagine at that point, it's, mm -hmm. it's mother and daughter. Yeah. It's really touching. Well, coming up, we're going to shift gears, and everybody's talking about this one. Giselle Bunchen breaking her silence about husband Tom Brady's unretirement from the NFL. She's voicing some concerns for him both on and off the field, and it is getting a lot of attention. This, this, first though, the passing of a key figure in the Clinton Lewinsky affair. We're going to take a closer look at Kenneth Starr's controversial legacy. We'll do that right after this. We're back 739 with the passing of a major figure in the Bill Clinton impeachment. We're talking about Ken Starr. Uh, it was his investigation that uncovered the affair with then White House intern Monica Lewinsky. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us with a look at his life and controversial legacy. Hallie, good morning. Hey, everybody. Good morning to all of you. Ken Starr's family says he died from complications after surgery. Starr, rising to prominence as a federal appeals court judge under former President Reagan and solicitor general under the first President Bush, but his name will always be linked to the scandal that nearly ended Bill Clinton's presidency. Ken Starr's investigation of Bill Clinton changing the course of American history, leading to the 42nd president's impeachment back in 1998. The president had to make a decision. He could choose truth or he could choose deception. The president chose deception. One year into Mr. Clinton's presidency, Starr was appointed independent counsel, looking into Bill and Hillary Clinton's involvement in an Arkansas real estate venture known as Whitewater. That inquiry spawned other investigations, and Starr uncovered evidence of Mr. Clinton's affair with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky, investigating whether Clinton had tried to cover up the relationship. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Some arguing Starr was pursuing a political agenda, including then First Lady Hillary Clinton, here on Today. We get a politically motivated prosecutor who is allied with the right-wing opponents of my husband. Mr. Clinton later acknowledged the affair while denying any criminal wrongdoing. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. Starr published a 453-page report with salacious details about Clinton and Lewinsky's relationship, later dramatized in Impeachment, American Crime Story. I am proud of this report. It is thorough, bulletproof, irrefutably true. The report, serving as a Republican roadmap, with the House impeaching Mr. Clinton for perjury and obstruction of justice. But the then-president was later acquitted by the Senate. Lewinsky, reflecting on Starr's legacy, tweeting overnight, My thoughts about Ken Starr bring up complicated feelings, but of more importance is that I imagine it's a painful loss for those who love him. In a stunning role reversal, Starr later returned to Washington, defending Donald Trump during his first impeachment trial, denouncing the process as a partisan weapon. Like war, impeachment is hell. 
or at least presidential impeachment, is hell. Starr also served as president of Baylor University in 2010, but was demoted and later resigned after allegations he and other administrators ignored accusations of sexual assault by football players. Starr died at the age of 76, with a lot of reaction coming in from Washington, as you might imagine, including from the Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts, who worked with Starr during the Reagan administration and says Starr loved our country and served it with dedication and distinction. Savannah Hoda, correct. All right, Hallie Jackson from Washington for us. Thank you, Hallie. All right, 743. Let's turn it over to Mr. Roker, get another check of the weather. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. So we're looking at the Atlantic hurricane season 2022. Now, we're just on the downward slope of the peak when we should see uh, hurricane and tropical storm activity, September 10th being that peak. However, uh, through September 14th, it, it's been kind of slow. 2020, we had eight, uh, 20 storms at this point, 20, 12 tropical storms, eight hurricanes. 2021, we had four. 14 storms in total, but so far for this year, we've only had uh, five systems that have been developed. Hurricane Danielle on September 1st, the average active through September 14th, we should have eight with three hurricanes. That hasn't happened. Why? Well, we basically had very warm northern Atlantic waters, a marine heat wave, exceptionally warm water, up to 15 degrees warmer than average to the north. So it's disrupted the pattern we normally see. The Bermuda High has moved up to the north. That is funneling in drier air, sending that dry air into the development show, into the development zone, and that breaks up really any real serious development for tropical systems. Right now, we do have one that's to the east of the Windward Islands. It's got a 50% chance of development in the next five days. Puerto Rico within that development zone will be watching that very closely. As far as the rest of the country is concerned, sunny and warm throughout much of the mid-Atlantic into the southeast. Strong storms down in Florida. Cooler day up around the upper Great Lakes that flood threat continues through the southwest and sunshine along the west coast. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al. Um, get this guy. Scientists say they've cracked the code for getting a crying baby back to yeah. now. Oh, yes. wait for you guys. We okay. need it. <laughs> okay, but if you are a new parent or a grandparent, you don't want this one. This one coming up by a Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi everyone, I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Can I, uh, see something? <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a classic from Friends. Jacob joins us now. Hi, and guys. I think a lot of folks are going to relate to this one. 
everybody has had this experience oh, yeah. if you've had little ones mm -hmm. trying to get that baby to sleep and you're mm -hmm. so exhausted. Yeah, you can't see straight. This one goes out to all the very tired mothers and fathers <laughs> yeah. watching us uh, right now. Listen up, guys. If you got a new little one in a new study, scientists are saying they have cracked the code on how to get a baby to fall asleep. This is how it works. You walk with your baby. I've, I've tried this for five minutes, yeah. no sudden movements. The baby then starts to calm down a little bit, but don't stop there. You got to sit down with the baby for five to eight minutes, sit down <laughs> before putting them into the crib. And apparently, according to these Japanese researchers, that should do the trick. I feel Wait, like we've we tried we, that. I feel like I did exactly. We always do that because you yeah. get tired. It didn't take a big yeah. study to figure this no. one out. I don't know. You walk around, you pat him right. on yeah. the booty. Then you gently place the baby down, and then you cr army crawl out of the room, yeah. <laughs> quietly yeah, not yeah, making yeah, a yeah. sound. Uh, yeah, yeah. My study is yeah. you lay down in the crib with the child <laughs> oh, until the baby falls done. asleep, and then you crawl out of the crib as an adult. I know. I found that when I'm calm, because when I'm trying really hard oh, yeah. to yes. do things, yeah. the babies just, yeah, they scream all night. Yes, it's true. You feel a little zen. They just sort of. Sometimes with Courtney, we'd actually have to put her in the car seat. And drive, drive around, around the block. <laughs> and then she'd fall asleep, and then just kind of <laughs> gently. Put Some her people in. say hold the baby in vacuum, like the white oh. noise. Oh, I mean, sure I never tried we that. Have one. The noise machine. It's like the vacuum yeah. without vacuuming. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But see, then at least you end up with a clean house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. yeah. I would do it with my six-year-old, by the way. Uh, coming up, guys, on Popstar, uh, you want to see what Oscar buzz looks like? Wait until you see Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie's return to old Hollywood in the first trailer for their new movie. Can't wait. Plus, Blake, Gwen, John, Camilla, we are catching up with all four of the voice coaches. They're getting set for season 22.